2: Good Saturday evening and welcome into the Purple and Gold Point After here on WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. I'm Christian Garrick. LSU lost to Ole Miss 31-17 to earlier today in Oxford. Over the next few minutes, I'm not going to give you one stat relative to the outcome of today's game. I'm just going to tell you exactly how I feel about the present and the future of this program. So here goes, and I have a lot to say. This is what LSU fans have to deal with every week for the remainder, remainder of the season. This is the immediate future for LSU fans and that program. What you just listened to or watched today was what you and we are going to get the rest of the year. The Tigers clearly won last week in spite of Coach O. Today, his players clearly quit on him. LSU doesn't even look like they belong in the SEC right now. The players look disinterested. They had to give Coach O his buyout last Sunday. The administration wanted him to finish the year. After all, he is a great interim head coach. He's proven that. He has a ton of experience. It made sense to a degree. However, this charade is, quite frankly, insulting to LSU fans and embarrassing to the school. Coach O is going to hit us this week with some typical coach speak. Regroup. I got to coach better. I won't blink, Etc. Etc. Coach O is the reason this team is distracted and disinterested. Here's a great illustration as to why this team is distracted. Players had to dispel rumors via Twitter about their coaches' reported behavior with girlfriends at practice this week ahead of the game. The players shot these reports down. The players did the dirty work for the administration and Coach O. That's a massive distraction. Think about that for a minute. LSU has a football crisis and a public relations crisis. The administration did not have the gumption to address it. Instead, players addressed reports about their head coach. Pass the buck leadership is failed leadership. The administration at LSU is void of leadership when 20 and 22-year-old young men are addressing a situation that the administration ignored. The head coach is the distraction. Instead of preparing for Ole Miss, the players are left to defend the guy in charge on Twitter and social media. Scott Woodward and Coach O missed and missed badly last Sunday, not owning those reports and addressing them. The athletic director and coach should have gotten out in front and said the reports were either true or not true. Last year, many members of the media were rooting for and calling for LSU and college football to cancel the season because of COVID. We all remember that. This year, I wouldn't mind if the Tigers cancel the remaining games on the schedule due to their play. Their play and coaching is offensive to college football, and cancel culture should come calling. How is this any fun? Is this any fun at all to watch this? I know LSU's down a ton of starters, I'll give you that. I'll acknowledge that. However, that is the least of their problems on this team. Ole Miss had not beaten LSU in five years. Five years. And they beat them badly. 31 unanswered points. 31 unanswered points. Tennessee and Tulane gave the Rebels a better game this season. This is not on, all on Coach o. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, it is. I mean, he recruited the talent. He hired the coaches. He is the common denominator. The more games the Tigers play this season, the more damage it will do to the program. The national title championship win 21 months ago feels like a lifetime ago. Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M remain on the schedule. And LSU is out of playoff contention by a mile, and we're not even to Halloween yet. There's no reason for hope this year. Maybe, if this happens, then maybe LSU could get a, bowl, a good bowl game or shot at the postseason. They have no hope, no lifeline to save them. Coach O, it's time to blink. Selfishly, your legacy tarnished is being tarnished with every game you're on the sideline at LSU. And as humans, we tend to remember the bad over the good, the awful over the greatness. Right now, I feel the championship he did win was almost luck. I know it wasn't. It just feels that way. Coach O needs to negotiate another deal. He needs to resign, if nothing, for the love of the program. If he loves LSU as he says, he needs to step down. He will not, though, if it means he does not get his buyout money. LSU fans, I would invite you to make other plans on Saturdays during LSU games. It's offensive and sad. And I'm not a big boycott person, but starting to warm up to the idea of boycotting LSU football. Not for social justice issues or anything other than that. It's just a bad product. It's just a bad product. It's gross to watch. My concern is every game, Coach O remains on the sidelines. It sets the program back further and further. If I'm another SEC coach, man, the strategy is clear. I can, I can steal recruits. I'm on the phone with LSU recruits every day, and I would be reminding them of what a dumpster fire the Tiger program has become. And I'd ask them do you really want to be a part of a rebuild or come to an established winning program? What a shame. What a shame. Local boy and Coach O did good, right? Right there from cutoff, LaFouche Parish, his dream job. Now he's doing significant damage to the local favorite football program. By keeping Coach O as the coach, even though they announced a mutual split, the administration essentially asked the players and coaches to go down with the ship and ignore the lifeboats. The captain... Coach O, not the passengers, players and assistants are required, is required to go down with the sinking ship. The players and assistants are watching the Titanic go down from the lifeboats. They have checked out on their coach. They have checked out on this program, and I blame the administration and Coach O for putting him in that situation to where you got to play for a guy that you didn't want to play for. He got sideways with you on a number of issues, did some things you didn't like, you lost faith in him, and now they're asking you to keep playing for him? This is an absolute charade, and it's disgusting to watch. Now, you just heard me. I want to hear from you. 504-260-1870. Where is your assessment of the present and the future of this program? It's a little scary to think about in a lot of ways. In 21 months, you've gone from national championship, maybe the best college team ever assembled, to the laughingstock of the SEC. Where is your? What is your assessment? Five oh four two six zero one eight seventy. We're just getting started here on the purple and gold. Point after, LSU falls 31 to 17 to Ole Miss today. They are now four and four. Looking to their open date. And, oh, by the way, they got Alabama coming up after the open date. It's only going to get ugly, much more ugly. This is the home of the Fighting Tigers, WWL. Back here on the purple and gold point after a lifeless LSU football team lost on the road today to Ole Miss 31-17. It wasn't as close as the score might indicate. By the way, Ole Miss was already favored by 12, half to win over LSU. Garbage points in the fourth quarter for the Tigers. They scored seven, got a, got a lead early, and then complete collapse. Thirty-one unanswered points from Ole Miss. The Tigers are now four and four. I want your assessment of the future and the present of this program. Five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. It's a charade in a lot of ways. I laid it out. I'll recap some. I'll give you some stats as well. But first, I want to go to our Oakenhard Jewelers talking text lines. David and Araby, what's going on, David? You're on WWL.
3: Hey, um, I'm listening to what you're saying about Coach Joe, and I don't know that he's the greatest coach in the world and all, but um, when I see what these players are doing in the league, professional and college, and now we're giving college players, uh, I think, the incentive or money for commercials and things like that, I think it's terrible to to say that Coach O is destroying or hurting the LSU, you know, franchise, league, coaching staff, whatever. Um, uh, You know, he's he's got a contract, and like anybody else, what do these players do for money? They'll do anything for money, and Coach O is filling out his contract and giving me my money and. Maybe he didn't do the greatest job in the world. But I can't believe that, y'all, you, 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 you're talking about him like he's destroying the, uh, you know, LSU's franchise. Well, he certainly it back. Well, I mean, I, I'm sorry, what did you say? I, I never heard that. What? He's certainly setting the program back. But he's fulfilling his contract and he may not be the best. I understand coach in the
2: that. world. I understand okay. he's fulfilling his contract. That's why it's a charade that the administration would allow him to do so and coach this year when it's very, very clear these players do not want to play for him and the assistant coaches probably don't want to coach for him. And let me let me draw right. another parallel here. David, thanks for the phone call. Let me draw another parallel here. Earlier when I talked about the players doing the dirty work of the administration of Coach O and addressing on social media the reports that Coach O had reportedly girlfriends at practice participating in drills uh, with the players, it's the equivalent of a company, a CEO, getting accused of something or something happening within a company and forcing the department manager to address the issue, to shoot down those reports or those rumors. When you're a head football coach at LSU, Alabama, in the SEC, you are the CEO of that football program. You have to answer. You have to be smarter. You have to be ahead of everybody. And listen, I've seen doom and gloom right now. I get it. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing that gives me hope Is Scott Woodward is the right guy for this situation as the athletic director? He is. This is why you hired him for a moment like this, in a crisis situation. He's going to find the answers. I have a hundred. I have a thousand percent confidence in Scott Woodward that he's going to deliver the next head coach at LSU that can compete and win national titles, compete for and win national titles. That I'm, assure, uh, I'm, I'm sure of. I believe in Scott Woodward that much. His track record allows me to do so. This guy knows what he's doing. I just think they handled this situation with Coach O, which is unprecedented, poorly. David, thanks for the phone call. Right to Wagaman, we find Michael on our Oakenheart Heart Jewelers talking text lines. Go ahead, Michael. You're uh, on
4: WWL. Hello, sir. Um, I remember back when uh, Les Miles had left and Ozron got the job and no small part of what he negotiated was a $5 million lump sum if he got fired. So it's kind of like the writing was on the wall back a few years. I, I don't know that that changes anything. I mean, he had a contract, so that's all that is. But... You know, if things get tough. He get rich. You follow me? Yeah. Look, I don't
2: blame Coach O for wanting to get his buyout. That's what. That's what you should do. I mean, in any company, it's not just football. But if you're on a contract and the company wants to move on from you, and the length of your contract says you can, you you you, you know, you're eligible to get a buyout and. They're not allowing you to finish the length of the contract and they owe you money. Coach O should try collect that money. He should collect that money. That's what was negotiated. That's making someone else, the other party, the employer, live up to their contract. Even though you didn't live up to yours in terms of producing wins, that's still a contract and it's binding. So I don't I don't fault Coach O for trying to get it. No, his I'm money. not saying I mean,
4: it's, uh, it, it's something wrong in doing. I'm just saying... When it first started, that's how it was.
2: How, that's it, how it he was. he
4: it... Oh, the 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 buyout, the, the multi-million dollar buyout.
2: Well, certainly that's a, Michael. It's kind of a good point. Thanks for the phone call. Look, it certainly gave him a false sense of security. I mean, come on, if you know that you got potentially seventeen million dollars coming to you if it doesn't work out, are you shaking? Are you are you all that worried? No, I know it's human nature for me. I I know if if I had if I knew regardless of what happens, as long as they don't fire me for cause, I'm getting seventeen million dollars. I'm I'm not maybe I'm not pushing myself enough. Maybe I'm maybe I am resting on my laurels a little bit. That's human nature. That can happen. It happens every day. Michael, we got to step away. Thanks for the phone call. Give us your assessment. The future, the present of LSU football right now. I think the future is not doom and gloom. is going to have to weather a storm here. is going to have to take some lumps. They're going to have to take the heat. they got to find the right guy. I think they will. This is the purple and gold point after here on WWL. 31-17, the LSU Tigers laid down for Kojo. They lost 31-17 to Ole Miss. Welcome into the Purple and Gold Point After. I want your thoughts about the future of this program, the present of this program. 504 260 1870. Bill in South Mississippi, Randy in Algiers. I want to hear from you. I'm going to carry you over in the next hour. Sit tight. Also, if you want to join the conversation at 504 260 1870 on our Oconhard Jewelers Talking text lines, we're just getting started here on the Purple and Gold Point After. Here till 10 o'clock tonight. Look, the future, as I see it, it'll be bright, and it's because of Scott Woodward. We kind of live in the now these days. We'll talk about it next hour. This is the Purple and Gold Point After here on WWL. Here we are, jumping off an hour or two of the Purple and Gold Point After here on WWL, AMFM.com, and the Odyssey app. I'm Christian Garrick. LSU Falls 31-17 to Ole Miss today in Oxford. And if Lane Kiffin isn't a candidate today or for LSU's coaching job, he sure made a note, uh, you know, put his hat in the ring as, hey, you better be paying attention to me. He was coaching as if he was a candidate and maybe knows it. Bill in South Mississippi on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. You're on WWL. Hey, Bill. Hello, Bill. All right, we'll put Bill on hold. Let's go to Pat and Destran on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talking Text Lines. Go ahead, Pat, you're on WWL.
5: Hey, uh, Christian, yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, how did we get here? I mean, you know, you, you talk about you talk about how good uh Scott Albert is. You go from a coach but he started out at three million dollars a year, he wins the national championship and he's up to nine million dollars a year. And, you know, you talk about how good, you know, Scott Woodward is, but uh, who's paying for all this?
2: Scott Woodward did not hire him.
5: Joe Oliva hired him. I I know that. I agree with that. The boosters are paying. I agree with that. The the boosters are paying. So, I mean, yeah, where are we going from here? I mean, what what do you mean, where are we going from here? I mean, you know, it's it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's the highest paid, uh, in, uh you know.
2: and it's, Next to Nick Saban, he's the know. second highest paid coach in the country. He's certainly the highest paid interim coach in the country. Where you go from here, you trust Scott Woodward. You trust the athletic director, that he's going to make the right call. Yeah, but, but, but there's some viable candidates, some really good candidates for this job. Mel Tucker, Michigan State, oh, Cincinnati. I agree with
5: that. I agree with that. Scott uh, Tomlinson from uh, Pittsburgh, you know. In, I mean, you know, who's paying? For it? We are. To a degree. To a
2: degree, yeah, the season ticket holders are, fans are. But the, the, their big money comes from donors. I mean, so that buys that out. The, the donors, the... LSU alumni that got big money, that have big money. Listen to me, got big money. Uh, that have big money, they are footing this opera- funding this operation. They're the financier. You know,
5: um, I agree with you. you going to tell they'll me? They'll get it, they'll get it that, done. That, that Coach O is over his head from, it was way beyond him. $9 million? Come on, man. He, he, he can't well, even spell $9 million.
2: Well, come on, that's... That's a low That's a low blow to say when you start questioning his intelligence. Um, Pat, thanks for the phone well, call. Well, I'm just but, I mean, you, you, know, can I'm, I'm you can second guess. You can certainly second guess the amount of t- – Pat, hold on a second. You can certainly second guess the decision to pay him $9 million after winning a national title. But here's the thing. That's the market that these coaches – again, Pat, thanks for the phone call. These coaches are getting because – National championships bring so much revenue to a program, the universities say it's worth it. Now, in hindsight, it's easy to to decide that. It's easy to second-guess that and say, ah, he's not worth $9 million. At the time, he was because how quickly he brought LSU a national title after taking over for less miles where the program had been running to the ground. So at the time, he was worth that. Is he now? No. If you, if you knew then what you know now, you wouldn't have done it. There's a lot of things in my life that if I knew the result, I wouldn't have done it. But that's the way life goes, unfortunately. Our Open Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Give me the, your future assessment of this program and the current state of the program at present. 504-260-1870. Let's try to go back to Bill in South Mississippi. Go ahead, Bill. You're on WWE. All right. He hung up. Yeah, look, we can get to some stats if, if it really means that much to you that you want to hear some of these stats. Um, Ole Miss racked up 470 total yards on LSU's defense. They rushed for 266 yards. 266 yards on the ground. 204 in the air. LSU rushed for 77 yards. After that newfound running game against Kentucky and Florida, well, they went to sleep again. Ty Davis Price had 17 attempts for 53 yards. 7 attempts for 53 yards, a 3.1 yard average. Look at the uh the red zone and turnovers. And four downs. Ole Miss was 3-for-3. Three three, LSU was 0-for-1. I think the game kind of turned a little bit when Max Johnson threw that interception in the red area going into the goal line. They were up 7 nothing, looking to go up 14 nothing. It pretty much turned from there. The momentum swung from there. The average yards per play, LSU 4.8, Ole Miss 6.4. Think about this. Listen to this stat. Where's the penalties? Um, did I pass it up? Uh, where is it? Ole Miss had, I think, 12 penalties for over 100 yards. And they still beat LSU by 14 points. That's crazy. 12 penalties for 106 yards. LSU committed two for 16 yards. 12 for 106. That's worth seven points, typically. And they still beat LSU 31-17. Really, given the garbage time, fourth quarter, Ten points that LSU mustered. They beat them soundly. Covered the spread. That's the reality that LSU fans are in. That's in, in the LSU football team is in. Garrett Nussmeyer got a chance to play the freshman, seven to 103 yards, a touchdown, completion percentage of fifty-eight. And a quarterback rating of one fifty-seven point nine. Max Johnson. 13-21, to 21, 146 yards through the air, and an interception, no touchdowns. He completed 62% of his passes, a quarterback rating of 110.8. For those that might be clamoring to see the freshman Garrett Nussmeyer and open up the quarterback competition, why? Not now. You've already got so much uncertainty and turmoil within your program right now, and then you want to add to that mix. That would be just throwing gas on a fire. Matt Corral, the Ole Miss Signal caller, 18-23, 185, one touchdown. He completed 78% of his passes, 160.2 quarterback rating. I mean, Ole Miss just flat out ran over, ran around, ran through. Whatever way you want to describe it, that's what they did in the running game to LSU. Two backs for Ole Miss today, average over eight yards a carry. Two! Over eight yards a carry. You're good if you're averaging four. They doubled it up. The defense stinks. It's terrible. And it's it's not because of talent. They've quit on Coach O, clearly. They have no real interest in playing for Coach O. That is why the idea to keep him on as the interim coach just is not a good idea. And I think Scott Woodward and the administration might need to pivot a little bit and rethink if they can still honor his buyout and remove him as the interim coach completely and just tell him to go away, then you might have an inspired football team in two weeks against Alabama. You might. I think, unfortunately... He's the common denominator here. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better in the interim this year. Now, let's see who Scott Woodward taps as the next head coach. He's going to do his due diligence. I mean, Look at his track record. I think Jimbo Fisher's working out over there in Texas A&M. You got Kim Mulkey to come over to coach the women's basketball team. Jay Johnson to be the head baseball coach who you've heard me talk about on Sports Talk, how highly I think of that hire. Now he's got to hit a home run here. He's got to knock it out of the park. He doesn't have any room for error, no margin for error, because of the expectations at LSU and how quickly the fans and internally the administration and that program want to turn this thing around. And you could do it quickly. It's not gonna take five years. It can happen in a year or two if the right guy is hired. I know LSU has the right guy as the athletic director to make this hire. I'm confident in that. So that's why I'm a little bullish about the future. You can't get any worse than what you are right now. I just can't. I mean, they're four and four on the season and have a losing record in the SEC. They still got Alabama, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, UL Monroe left on their schedule. Four more games. Forget about a bowl game. Forget about that. It's just the unrelenting reality of where this program is currently is. And it can get better. It's going to get better. But right now, it's painful. And what I feel bad for, to be quite honest with you, is those players. Because they're being told to play for a guy that they don't want to play for. But they're making them do it. And they're making them address things on social media that the university should have addressed, Scott Woodward should have addressed, and Coach O should have addressed last Sunday when they announced this mutual parting of ways. Are those reports about Coach O's off-the-field behavior true or untrue? Are they accurate or inaccurate? And it could simply be, hey, they're accurate. Are they inaccurate? The idea that we're, last Sunday, when Scott Woodward and Coach O were lovey-dovey on the podium at the podium at the press conference to announce a mutual split, they Scott Woodward quickly deflected any question that didn't relate to honoring Coach O. Really, it was today's about Coach O. We're not going to talk about the coaching search. Today's about Coach O. When they should have flat out addressed it and said. It was a factor or it was not a factor. And in particular, Coach O should have addressed it. Not just Scott Woodward. And now you're seeing the consequences of that poor decision. Because the players don't trust this coaching staff. They just don't. Whether it's something that they lost, that Coach O lost them for a moment during the off season during last year's riots, et cetera, and protests. Excuse me, not riots, protests. Either way. He lost them in in, in a significant moment off the field, and he's lost them on the field. I don't think they buy into what they're teaching, what they're coaching. I don't think the coaches. You're asking, think about this, you're asking an assistant coach Who's making, I don't know, four or five hundred grand that knows he's essentially a dead man walking. He's gonna be looking for a job, and all the while you're asking them to prepare for an opponent when they gotta what's top of their mind is I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do next for my family. So that eats away at your time to prepare. You might be talking to other coaches, other staffs around the country, hey, y'all do y'all have an O-line coach opening. Do y'all have um, an offensive coordinator or quarterback's coach opening, a defensive line coach opening across the board? And I want to tie this in. This is something that I found interesting. You remember the courtship of Saints defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen last year by LSU? I mean, they were ready to buy him out of his contract. The Saints subsequently gave Ryan Nielsen a boatload of money for a D-line coach and – assistant head coach, tag. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is, the coaching world, whether college or pro, is a fraternity. And people talk. And I think Coach Payton had the beat on everybody and knew and advised Ryan Nielsen, you don't want that job. That's a sinking ship. Ryan Nielsen, if he had ignored Coach Payton's advice, he too would be looking for a job again. It's sad because it impacts so many people. This program has such influence on so many things. People's lives, people's livelihood. But, hey, that's the price of big-time college football. He knows that it's their livelihood. You signed up for the gig. You just did. And most coaches, most rare rarely I should say, do they get to call their shot and and say "I'm done it's rare Nick Sabin's going to do that understandably, but as soon as you sign that contract or sign up the coach, you flip the hourglass over and the sand begins to tick as to or, or fall as you as time goes on as to win. You're going to be fired. It's just a matter of how fast that sand reaches the bottom most of the time. Oakwood Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. It's the purple and gold point after here on WWL. LSU falls thirty one seventeen in Oxford Ole Miss. Back here on the purple and gold point after. The Bayou Bengals are now 4-4. and Open date, and then you get to go to Alabama and get your teeth kicked in. Kevin and Kenner, what's going on? Your Honor, Oakland Heart Jewelers, talking text lines on WWL.
3: Hey, Kevin. Hey, Christian. How you doing? Hello. I uh, just want to say okay, there was please. a time not so long ago when all of us, the AD administration
5: and fans, would have given anything to be back on top. And what Coach o delivered two years ago is just it'll never
6: be duplicated. That yeah, part is true. Off. You may never see a team
2: you may never see a team like that he had in, in twenty nineteen. That good.
5: So it just really sucks to see what it's come down to now, but we'll all stick together and we'll get through it.
2: Yeah, Kevin. You know, as humans we tend to live in the now, right? You know, we kinda it's hard to see the forest through the trees when the forest is really, really dense. You know, the the future can be bright. The the, the future can be bright, all right? And I think it has the potential to be bright. I said it before, I'll say it again. I trust Scott Woodward as the athletic director to make the right hire. I just do. Um, So if there's something to be positive, I'm not in love with the now, but I like the future and what it could turn into be.
3: I trust you, and I trust your way of thinking and uh, really respect uh, the way you carry yourself. Thank you for your service.
2: Appreciate Kevin, appreciate you. all the good insight you always give us.
4: Well, thanks, Kevin. I, that's I, up. That's a, hey, from now on, whenever we hear Go Tigers, we'll
5: always remember this guy.
2: <laughs> that's right, Go
4: Tigers. That'll never leave.
2: That'll never leave. Kevin, thanks for the kind words, and thanks for tuning in, and thanks for calling in. John and Metairie on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines. You're on WWL.
6: Hey, John. Hey, Kristen, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I had a couple of uh, quick questions. Um, sure. If lh two players have quit on Coach O, and certainly that looked like it today, how do you explain how they played in an elevated way against Florida? That's my first question.
2: And the second, sure, question, I'll answer that. Let me answer that one first. Okay. We got plenty of time. Okay. We got plenty of time, John. Let me answer that okay. one first. I think they knew about what was the future for Coach O last year. I mean, last week. And that inspired them. They knew it was almost like the Wicked Witch of the West is dead. Like you know, we we're we're, we're out from underneath Kojo. They felt for that moment. Okay. And they were inspired. So. uh, And they also got four turnovers from Florida, John. They all Florida turned the ball over four times.
6: Right. All right. So when was the last time an LSU football team had a losing record, or? Played without any sense of pride or passion like this team. Can you recall? Uh, The Donardo era. um, But, I mean, for me, in my lifetime. What's that? How long ago was that? I don't even remember how long ago Donardo was.
2: Uh, My sister was was at LSU during that time. So I want to say, was it 94, 5, and 6? In that range?
6: So you're talking 25
2: years. It's been a
5: while.
2: Or... Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of oh, yeah. 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 And, and those weren't fond, you know, those weren't fond memories. That uh, Jerry Donardo um you know, really did some significant damage to this program when he was the head coach.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy
1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: So it was 95 to 99. So in the waning years, you know, 97, 8, 9, that's when uh that's when I saw LSU teams this kind of futile, if you will.
6: They, they, it's probably been even longer Ole Miss has been in the top 10. I can't even <laughs> – I mean – I can't even remember when they had a team this good, you know. Um, but it just good. goes with the right coach and the right recruiting and right players, you know, you can do anything. But, man, uh, Coach O, what a fall he's taken and this team. It's it's really it's massive. Kind of, I have friends of mine in Los Angeles uh, I, I talk to all the time, and, and they're just shocked that it's it's taken so little time for LSU to fall off the top, and you know as you as you guys like to say the the penthouse to the outhouse on you know during the Saints broadcast, but this this is just it's almost uh, tragic. It's, know, it is tragic. Happens.
2: It's not almost. It is tragic.
6: Well, I, I equate tragedy with you know human death Real tra- and suffering.
2: Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. But when you, I think it's, an, I think it's an apt word to describe the rise and fall of Coach Ed O'Gron and this LSU football program. King of the Hill, 21 months ago. King of the Hill. You're you're on top of college football in the in in the world, best college football team in the country. And here you are, 21 months later, four and four, having already fired the coach, but yet keeping him on as the interim that that's part is mistake. the bizarre part of for me. Yeah, that that's the bizarre then, part for me.
6: I mean, it's one thing if you're a lame duck political uh candidate, but it's another thing altogether if you're going to be there. I mean, the stench around that program and the uh, the odor of uh death as it were around LSU and the and the probably the some hopelessness is setting in. Uh around the players like why should why should i put myself out but then again the senior players or the junior players are going to come out for the draft they have you got to think they have to be motivated on some level if they're going to get drafted
2: well that's true if they're trying to improve their draft stock but if you know about where you're going to go and you can't improve your draft stock i wouldn't put that that bad tape out there but again there's also the option if I'm what you very well could see. You started to see a little bit of it early. Derek Steenley opting out, not opting out, having foot, having surgery. He's gone for the year. Keishawn Boutte gone for the year because of an ankle injury. So can, you know, one of those deals where you go, eh, it's not worth it. If I'm a like Derek Steenley's a top ten pick. Keishawn Boutte's a top ten pick. I'm not gonna go out there and risk. My draft stock, working through an injury, for this football season, for this football right. program, for this this coach, because I've got millions coming to me. Now, if they were in the national championship conversation, I I would venture to guess that, I'd be I'd be curious as to, you know, if Derek Stingley Jr. even has surgery, uh, if Keishawn Boutique maybe wants to rehab and come back to be a part of the mix. If that were 2019, I just I just wonder. I'm not quoting any of the, those two. Uh, and their motivation, but it makes you wonder.
6: Well, it's a lost cause. You know why? Why fight? Why risk injury? Why, why risk the money? Why? Why play for a coach they've lost respect for? Clearly, in some in some ways, and you and you can't point to any one thing, but maybe it's a number of things, which is again yeah. tragic, sad, um, disappointing. But um, they do need they, they need new they need a, a blood transfusion, a talent. They need transfusion. a breath of fresh air.
2: They need a breath of tra- fresh air. John, thanks for the phone call, thanks for tuning in here on this Saturday night. Right back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers te- talk and text lines. Out to Gretna, we find Kevin. What's going on, Kevin? You're on WWL and the Purple and Gold
4: Point. After. Oh uh, yeah, hey, Kevin. what? This my home. hey? How you doing? I'm good. I, I want to say, I think what Coach O went wrong was hiring them two coordinators at the beginning of the season was, and they lost to UCLA. I think that's, boy, that was a bad season start right there. That's just my opinion, though.
2: Kevin, I, I don't disagree. I don't think that's where he actually began to go wrong. I think he began really to go wrong when he hired Bo Pelini without an interview. He fi- He hired... Uh, Scott Linehan, Linahan with no interview, based on recommendations. I mean, listen, oh, wow. in that world, in that world, Kevin, there's buddies, right? So somebody might recommend their buddy because they want to do the guy a favor, get him a job, right? And but I also appreciate All your point, Kevin. They hired a defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator this season. Without having ever called a play in a game in their life. They've never called a defensive or offensive play in their life in a game. And I think Coach O also fell into the trap of Oh, he's off the Joe Brady tree. Well, you know, sometimes you know, you make a copy of something and it's not as good. The copy's not as crisp. It's not as good. It's not All as right. strong. So you know, and Joe Brady's I think an elite guy. In other words, I he's you know he's rare. His play callers like him are rare. They don't just happen. And some of that I've heard. You know, one of the things Kevin, Coach Sean Payton has talked about quite often is, you know, play callers. Is, a lot of it's a feel thing. It's a gut thing. And it's just like leadership. You can't be born into it. You kind of just have
4: to have it. All right. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's my opinion, trying to find another Joe Brady. I don't think that was the right answer at all.
2: <laughs> yeah. Coach O has made some missteps. Kevin, thanks for the phone call. I highlighted him early on uh, to open the show. Listen, he made, I mean, if you think about it, Coach O had Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator. He had Steve Insminger. Um uh, Joe Brady and Steve Insmayer, Scott Linehan, and now Jake Peets—that's five in five years. It's five changes to that side of the ball in in five years. Instability. And he's the common denominator. He's the one that's that's still around. He's being held accountable by his firing, but I still think that at his firing middle of the season, if the administration and Everybody around that program can't, can't can't see, excuse me, that these players don't want to play for him. They're not watching the same football game I am. This is the Purple and Gold Point After here on WWL. Back here on the Purple and Gold Point After, Christian Garrick here with you, taking your calls on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines at 504-260-1870. LSU falls to Ole Miss earlier this afternoon, 31-17. The Rebels ripped off 31 unanswered points. To put the perspective, to put it in perspective of how bad the UCLA loss was, man, UCLA is now 5-3 and 3-2 three and, three and two in the Pac-12. Probably going to finish fourth in the Pac-12, and they beat LSU. Now, to put it in another perspective, here we are talking about LSU is 21 months removed from winning a national title. Well, Clemson is unranked, 4-2. Three and two in the ACC, and they are 21 months removed from being in that national title game. I'm not saying Clemson and LSU are on a parallel, but Clemson fans are feeling it too. Phil in Slide L, what's going on, Phil? You're on WWL. Hey, Christian. Uh, Hello.
7: Seems like y'all blaming Coach O for everything except the COVID crisis. Uh, I think before the man came here. LSU was a mediocre team, and they were mediocre because we never had a quarterback. It was only when Joe Burrow came to town that everything turned around, and I guess all the stars aligned, and we had 14 players go to the NFL for the the 2019 season. That was the best team I've ever seen at LSU, maybe even the country. Now, we don't have Joe Burrow anymore. We have Max Johnson, and Max Johnson doesn't cut the mustard, in my opinion. And you want to blame Coach O for a poor quarterback performance and poor tackling? He's responsible for recruiting players and hiring coaches. Now you can blame him for a bad hiring of coaches, but in my opinion, he does not lose the game. The players lost the game because they poor tackling and uh, can't catch the ball. And uh, that's what I think. I think you are blaming Coach O for all the failings of the players. These players are going to make millions of dollars, and you're telling me they don't want to play for him? That doesn't make any sense.
2: Did you they, watch the same game play, I did? You mentioned the failed tackling. You mentioned the poor tackling, not catching the ball. Dollars. Hold on, Phil. Hold on, Phil. Not all those players are going to make millions of dollars. Not every one of those players that you saw on the field today are going to make millions of dollars. They're just not. It, they want to. not. No, they want to, but they're not. Not all of them are, that you saw today are going to the NFL. Not every single player that you saw today on LSU wearing purple and gold is going to the NFL. That's just not going to happen. Now, you mentioned that it was the players, the poor tackling. Coach O's not the reason. Absolutely, they don't want to play for him because of things that happened. Therefore, he's the head coach. He's responsible. The head coach is responsible for anything that goes on with his players, how they play. Because he recruited them and how they perform, and, oh, by the way, the coaches and staff as well. So he's responsible for all of it. When you are the head football coach – hold on, Phil. When you are the head football coach at any program, you are responsible for every aspect of that football program.
7: How do you explain the fact that when they changed quarterbacks in the fourth quarter that all of a sudden the team turned around, they were running the ball and catching the ball? How do you explain Uh, that? It was same well, coach because for I th- all three, all four quarters.
2: Because I think that El- uh, Ole Miss knew that there was no way they could lose the game. You get much more, you get much more conservative oh, really? defensively. They, they
7: threw the game. They threw the game. I didn't say that's they threw the, the game.
2: I didn't. No, no, no. That's you, not at all what they, I said.
7: That's, that's the implication that they stopped playing. And I didn't. No, I didn't that. say that.
2: Phil, I, Doug, put Phil on hold, please. I did not say they threw the game. If you've watched any amount of football, when you, ha- when you have that big of a lead in the fourth quarter, you know that you're not going to lose the game. So philosophically, your approach changes. Defensively, you play a lot, a lot more soft coverage. You play a lot more conservative calls. You're not coming after the quarterback and giving up a big play. The big rule of thumb when you have that 24-point well, fourth quarter lead is don't let anything get behind you, and that's what they went to. So they gave them a lot of cheap stuff up front. Gave him stuff on the ground. You want to run the ball? Ole Miss took the approach of LSU. You, you want to run the ball now? Go ahead. Do it. it. It eats up the clock. Phil, I don't know how much football you've watched, but today it's very clear. This team doesn't want to play for Coach O. And he deserves 1,000% of the blame. He would tell you that himself. Kim and Thibodeau, what's going on, Kim? You're on our Oakenheart Jewelers talking text lines on wwl
5: thanks christian two points number one re your previous caller if coach o hadn't had according to many folks uh, his receiver who was injured he saved him from a losing season in 20 so you know you can talk all you want to about Keaton what Boote. he did and did not do but the point is, he is responsible. You're absolutely correct on that. Number two, however, I would, I would like to know your opinion on the odds of Napier perhaps being a, the next LSU coach and, of course, Lane Kiffin.
2: Okay, let's start with uh, Billy Napier at ULL. I think he's done a fine job of that program. I just wonder the mindset of, of Scott Woodward, does he want – an up-and-comer, or does he want a name? And if he wants a name in an established place, look, I think I think he's done a, a fine job. And Billy Napier, look, he turned down the Auburn job last year, so Correct. who knows what that might be about? Now, who knows what that might be about? I think he wisely turned it down. Um, I think you're going to have a conversation with him if you're Scott Woodward for sure. You're going to have you're going to want to sit down with him and interview him. Um, as far as Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, there's no doubt about it. One of the best play callers and creative minds in all of football college or pro. One of the best. The rumors that, that swirl around him are he enjoys the off the field activities as well and I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. However, however, you know, I don't know how how concrete those rumors are, how accurate they are. Nothing has been made public about it. To my knowledge, as to any wrongdoings, it's all been speculation and hearsay. Look, uh, Lane Kiffin, my only concern with Lane Kiffin is how long do you have him? I think he wants to get back to the NFL. In fact, I think there's going to be some NFL teams, given the success that Ole Miss has, and if they they continue on this trajectory, there's going to be some NFL teams that want to talk to him this year after this season. Because I think the way it worked out for him with the Raiders being, what, 31 years old when he became the head coach and, and Al Day, working for Al Davis, I think he wants to prove that Al Davis was the problem, not him. He wants another shot at the National Football League. And that's why if I'm Scott Woodward, I'm going after a guy that I know is at LSU and can stay at LSU for 15 years and doesn't have any interest of going to the NFL. Kim, did I answer your questions?
5: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
2: Sure thing. All right, we'll step away and come back. This is the Purple and Gold Point After here on WWL. Thirty-one seventeen. Ole Miss beats LSU. Back here on the Purple and Gold Point After. I'm Christian Garrick here till 10 o'clock tonight, about an hour to go. Back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talking text lines. We find Hunter in Metairie. What's going on, Hunter? You're on WWL.
8: Is my voice close enough? Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, I can, yeah. And you've got a great name. It's the I, name of my firstborn
8: son, too. I, I want you to know something, Christian. I've, I've been listening to your show for years, and you're always you're, you're good at what you do, real good, all right? And what I'm about to say some of this, I know you're not going to agree with it, but I, I hope before I get nervous, because I don't do this very often, but I really feel strongly about this. I knew a lady. I think she's deceased. I've been trying to reach her in this last year. I haven't talked to her in a couple of years. She's been an LSU Tiger fan. She was 85, still lucid. And um, she knows everybody with this program, literally. I mean, she's as important a figure in this behind-the-scenes of LSU. They just don't make them like that anymore. It's like a Rolls Royce. And I got to talking to her about two years ago. This is a true story. I was down here in Metairie. I almost married her daughter in 1979, and I loved her, her and her family. And her brother was my dad's best friend. I'm not naming any names. But these people are important people, real important people. And I talked to her about Ed Ogeron long before he was hired. And what impressed me about him, in 2013, he, you know all this already, he was hired as an interim head coach for Southern California which is where I suspect he may be going now. In my opinion, he may go there. They may hire him. All right. Uh, we talked about him. He, when he took over at USC, they were losing. The next week after he took the head coaching, or it was a week or two, he had that team fired up, ready to go, and they beat teams in the Pac-12. They weren't supposed to beat. It almost looked like Pete Carroll had returned. And I said to myself, this guy is from Louisiana. There's no way they're going to hire him as a head coach, which is what happened. But Ed showed, in my opinion, a propensity for motivating his players. And Southern Cal, you know how good the talent is out there for that school. They can get anybody out there. And they are hard to beat when they're properly coached. So I talked to my friends who are LSU people about him back in 2017 and 18, and I was getting sick of Les Miles for obvious reasons, and I sure hope that you guys aren't thinking about bringing him back. But I, we'll, you can – anyway, she um, – this lady, she I think now she's deceased, and I'm heartbroken. I can't talk to her about what's going on here, so I can't do anything behind the scenes to fix some of this. But I'm going to say it once, and i am my dad would say, do it this way. This is the way my dad used to do it. Dad was a good friend of Charlie McClendon. My Uncle Edmund was a friend of Charlie McClendon's as well. We knew him. This, this coach, I know he screwed up in the last two years. And I thought after the 2019 game that he looked like he was about to have a nervous break. He looked tired and he looked spent after that national championship year to me. It, I don't know why, but that's what he looked Tom, I need like you to land a plane, before.
2: Tom. I need you to land a plane because we're about out of time. Unless you want to hold, right. I'll carry you over in the next hour. You want to hold? Yeah, I'll hold. Hunter. Okay. Yeah. All right, sit tight, Hunter. I apologize. I called you Tom. I had Tom on my on my screen. He's also on hold as well. So we'll pick that conversation back up with Hunter when when we return. Stick around. One more hour to go here. The Purple and Gold Point After on WWL. And welcome into our three of Sports Talk here. Or excuse me, Purple and Gold Point After here on WWL. Right back to our phone lines. I want to bring back Hunter in Metairie on Oakenheart Jewelers talking text lines from last hour, um, Hunter. I wanted to give you time, but go ahead and finish your your story.
8: Give me a, a quick reminder where I was, <laughs> so I can. Well, it was an eighty five. It was an eighty five year old lady that that uh, you yeah, haven't talked was, to in a while. She's her her brother was my father's best friend. My dad grew up in New Orleans real quick, and my uncles, too, and uh, they fought in World War II. My dad was a, a tail gunner in a 17 He had a military career in the Air Force. His plane was shot down over Berlin on March the 18th of 1945, and they were taken prisoner by the Russians. That's a brief. Oh, my dad played for Fourche. He was a tailback at Fourche here in New Orleans. My dad okay. raised us on LSU. So to, to make a long story short about Ed, this lady loved me. All right. And she was a highly intelligent woman and she loved LSU. She went to every LSU boat. I mean, she loved the Tigers. And so when we talked, it was more about we love LSU and will this help LSU. It was always that was the focus. And uh, she listened to what I had to say about Ed. She believed in me, which is always, you know, that who doesn't like that? And, um, I told her, I said, I saw this guy turn around Southern Cal, and the only reason I think they didn't hire him as a coach on the spot, he got the interim job because the initial coach, who did work with Saban at Alabama later, had alcoholic issues. He was an alcoholic, and he couldn't handle it. So they put Ed in the car. And uh, Ed turned that team around just like that. I was like, wow. A North Louisiana, Northwestern boy that has that kind of natural talent I'm just like, whoa, because Southern Cal is – that's like Notre Dame. Man, that's a powerful organization over there. And so um, now we're scheduled to play them in Vegas in 2024 as well as UCLA a few weeks later. Oh, boy. And he's not going to be on the team anymore. God, that's great. And we've got new leadership at LSU that I don't know who these guys are. They might be friends of Les Miles the way Les wants his job back. Who knows what's going on, but Ed is Hunter, not Hunter, Hunter,
2: Hunter, 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 Hunter. You've referenced right. Les Miles twice. There is no, zero, absolutely no chance that that happens. None. I
8: hope you're right. I hope you're right.
2: He can, he's untouchable. You saw how he had to bow out at, at Kansas State because of, because of um, off-the-field issues and groping women. And hey, There's no chance. Get, Les Miles will never coach that. a collegiate football program again.
8: I'm glad because I'll be able to sleep tonight. Thank you, Chris. You saved my life. I've been worried. I don't know. You know, I, I know a lot of you. When, when Ed came in, let's be honest here. and I know he's a Louisiana guy. When he came in, everybody in Baton Rouge was saying, get him out of there before he destroys LSU. This was like in 2017 or 16. He lost to Troy that first season, I think it was, uh-huh. or second season. And everyone was shooting him down. Man, look, I don't want to preach I swear to God, I love you. I love this school more than I love life. I swear to God. My father loved it. My brothers love it. We are fanatics, admittedly. And we have for many, many years. And we love Coach McClendon. I think McClendon was a better defensive coordinator than Satan. And I love both of them. But to me, Charlie Mack was a better defensive mind. But getting back to this, Ed has a gift. I'm not saying he's smart. Well, I am in a way, but... He has a gift with motivating players. And I feel no like I realize I realized that he's screwed up in the last couple of years. I don't know what the hell's going on. He lost all of his coaches after 2019. They all went to different jobs. Brady went to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the defensive coordinator is now the head you know, coach. No,
2: Joe Brady went to the Carolina Panthers.
8: That's right. I meant Panthers. I'm sorry. I, my mistake. I'm sorry. But th- the point being, he lost them all. And all of his every one of his talented players went to the NFL. They took everybody. The NFL they gutted LSU. That's one of the greatest college teams, probably the greatest. I'm biased, but that's the greatest college team that's ever been, and uh, looked like a pro team to me. And uh, Jesus, you know, it's hard for all of us to look at what it's become so quickly. That's painful for me. It is. And uh, this guy, we're going to lose him. He's getting older, you know, and he's done some things wrong. I I hear he's got girlfriends and all this. But uh, when it comes to this game, I have to give – I'm honest, man. And I give Ogeron – he took a lot of criticism when he came to LSU, and he built that team into something unbelievable. You don't kill the goose that laid the golden egg. Now, I'm going to quit preaching, and I'm sorry to – be converse to what you guys are saying. I don't see a coach, not one, including Saban, that I would take over him right now. And I know I'm biased, but I wouldn't take Ooh. anything over him that I've seen so far. I'm sorry you know, it took so long, and thank you for letting me talk.
2: Hunter, you're very welcome. Thanks for holding over. You said a lot there, and I, I, can, I can take one bite at a time here.
8: It's gonna, it's gonna it's be, it's gonna be bad if we're wrong about Ed. If we shoot him down, hold listen. On. If he goes to Southern Cal, and hold he wins national. Hold on, Hunter.
2: Fighter. Hold on, Hunter. Hold oh. on, Hunter. Okay, right. Doug, put Hunter on hold, please. First off, let's start with what you just said. You wouldn't take the greatest college coach of all time over Coach O. Hmm. Okay.
8: I'm going to leave that
2: right there. I'm just going to let that sit there. I'll let that marinate for a little bit. You're you're insisting that USC, he's headed to USC. If I'm the athletic director at USC, I might as well sign my resignation letter as I'm introducing Coach O as the head coach at, at USC. That's a hard sell for a guy that's now 9-9 nine and nine since winning a national title. Coach O is certainly a good coach, and he has a national championship to his resume. Bobby Aber says it all the time, what have you done for me lately? And 9-9 nine and nine is what Ed Ogeron has done for LSU lately. I have no concerns that we're overreacting, that Scott Woodward has overreacted by essentially firing him mid-season. I don't think he's going to go to another program, a major program at least, and turn something around and make LSU eat their words, so to speak. I think Coach O is going to have a bright future in a number of areas. Excuse me for a second. He is going to be... Booked for several speaking engagements, almost year round if he wants. He's a great motivator, so he'll give motivational speeches. A book deal is probably in the works for him, a movie deal, perhaps, in the, wor- in the works for him. Coach O can hold defensive line camps, work with prospects headed to the NFL as D linemen. There's going to be plenty of opportunities coach at Ogeron. Just not as a head football coach at a major college school. I think that's run its course. Keep in mind, this is a, now a two-time fired head coach in the SEC. You certainly won't get another LSU or SEC job. You might get an FCS, maybe a mid-major that the AD is looking to capitalize on the character, the character of Coach O, and who he is, the character that he is, because he's got some folklore about him, the gravelly voice. There's still going to be plenty of opportunities for him, just not the major college level. And I don't feel you shouldn't feel sorry for him. I don't. He's he's getting 17 million dollars, plus the the millions he's already made. He got to live out a lifelong dream, and that is to be the head coach of the LSU Tigers. What's wrong with that? So he didn't have sustained success, but he still won a national title, and nobody will ever, ever, ever be able to take that away from him. Ever. Sure, right now there's some disdain for him because of the the current state of the program. That'll wane, though. In time, that'll wane. Five years from now, Coach O's going to trot on that field, and wave his hat, get a round of applause from the LSU Tiger faithful during a game, halftime. They might, the reunion in 10 years in 2029. He'll be out there smiling. He'll be doing appearances for LSU on behalf of LSU. So, I mean, it's run its course. If I'm Coach O, I feel like I outkicked my coverage considering where he came from. And what he's become. And that, quite frankly, is still a national championship winning head coach. Not bad. Not bad at all. And I, I'm sure he feels disappointed that he disappointed a lot of people. He let a lot of people down in Louisiana. But that's the fact of the reality. It happens. Hunter, uh, thanks for the phone call. Tom Jen Tilly, Go ahead, Tom. You're on WWL.
8: If the question is what good is four- or five-star prospects if they aren't properly developed, then the answer is a CEO coach like James Franklin. Ed Ogerow is, a, is, a, is an average coach who got lucky. Joe Brady, Joe Burrow. I'm happy for him. But what LSU needs is a CEO coach like James Franklin. Thank you. He's, Tom, thanks for the
2: phone call. Look, James Franklin is going to be in the conversation. Along with Mel Tucker and Luke Fickle. And probably a surprise candidate here or there that we are not thinking of that we might hear attached to this LSU coaching search. I don't know that I could totally get on board with Coach O winning the national title based on luck. I think you gotta if you're gonna call it luck, you gotta call it, you also gotta give him credit for the hire he made in Tom Brady, uh, Joe Brady and the decision to pursue Joe Burrow in the transfer portal. So you can't call that luck. You've got to give him credit to recognize, hey, maybe these guys are difference makers. And they were. So I think you've got to give Coach O credit for that. Now, this is a classic example of an individual – not being able to handle success very well. That's hard to do. It's hard. And I wrote about this earlier in the week is, you know, Nick Saban, I said this in the pregame coverage too, Nick Saban has a no guy, a guy to run interference, don't, you know, a filter. Coach O, because he's from here and wants to do good for Louisianians and LSU fans, and really just all of Louisiana, didn't say no enough. He didn't want to be the bad guy. There are times where he should have said no or have a no guy next to him to say to run interference where the requests don't even get to Coach o. Kind of be a gatekeeper, a filter. And he didn't have that. And I think he overextended himself sometimes. And I think he also got caught up in the idea that, and it's very easy to fall into this trap. Whenever you've had significant success in your life, you feel like, well, I can do that again. That was that wasn't that hard. You say to yourself, "I've done it. That wasn't that hard. I can do that again." And then I'll, you never can, you never get it done. You accomplish something, and it's a one-time-only deal, because you take it for granted and you think, "I, ah, I can do that again." He fell into that trap. I can win another national title. I can go enjoy this a little bit. I can go. Uh, maybe I I can kick out of work an hour uh, earlier. Than I need to than I than I what, that did last year during the national championship run. What, it's just an hour, on sixty minutes, big deal. Well, that stuff adds up. And he had, not only did I, did he have a did he not have a no guy? He also didn't have anybody that challenged him. Hey, coach, what are we doing? You focused? You dialed in here? Remember, we he had John Robinson as an as a consultant. Right, During that national championship year, he surrounded himself with a bunch of guys that would consult with him and challenge him and point out things. Hey, you need to tighten this up. That could be a problem if you don't get it straight right now. He didn't have that for the last two years. I understand the coordinators, Dave Aranda, Joe Brady, Joe Burrow, all the talent that left to the NFL understand it. But I think a big part of it was he didn't have a checker. Just a checker, hey, coach. O, I I this is off. Why are we doing this differently? Why are we, why are we straying away from our what we did last year and our success, et cetera? All that kind of culminated into a perfect storm, and that's that. That storm is unfortunately a four and four start to the 2021 season, one in which he's already out of a job. It's the purple and gold point after here on WWL. 31 17, LSU falls to 4 and 4 at the hands of Ole Miss today. 31 unanswered points.
0: Huh.
2: A stretch there where they did not answer for three quarters. Fourth quarter, found a way to score 10. It was all but over. It was garbage points, garbage yards. Back here on the purple and gold point after. Right to our Oakenheart Jewelers, talking text lines. We find Ben and Homa. What's going on, Ben? You're on WWL.
9: Hello, Christian. Can you hear me okay?
2: I can. Go ahead, Ben.
9: Okay. Um, I listened to your opening monologue, so to speak, and it was painful to hear, but I thought about it, and you know what? You're absolutely right, because what LSU appears to be right now is like a a wounded animal suffering, and you don't want to keep seeing a wounded animal suffering. You want to help it. I don't think this is going to happen, because I know Coach O, you know, everything is as far as his contract when when it ends but it would be ideal with this break in between if he were to announce that he's resigning like effective immediately and that would give time for the team to handle it so to speak deal with it in that week off and then find someone who can temporarily take his place I think that's what should happen in an ideal world but we know it's not going to happen but I just wanted to say that and you help a wounded animal Try to put out his, uh, you know, misery in this way by the coach being the distraction, having him um, resign. And I would so much respect Orgeron for that. It would it would bring tears to my eye. I would, I would be shocked if, if he were to do it, but it would, be, it would show he's truly, you know, um, a real man and respect. That's hard to do, but I think that's what I would love to see. And that's it. I'll, I'll let you go from there. Ben, <clears throat> excuse me.
2: Then I agree with you that, that, you know, that would be the ideal way to handle this. It's not going to play out that way, unfortunately. But, you know, you got some time here. Maybe you can find, heck, you know, a a guy that retired from coaching. Hey, can you just get us through four games, you know, and just manage, let the coaches coach, um, but just manage the game. A guy that's retired that maybe can just get in there and and give the players and the coaches – a fresh breath of air. Because yeah. they, again, I sound like a broken record, Ben. I don't mean to, but man, is it, no, was it as obvious to you as it was to me that these players just laid down? They just laid down. Oh, yeah.
9: Yeah, I mean, it was obvious. I mean, they were hurt from the beginning. They scored the touchdown, but I saw it all. It was just a sinking feeling after they didn't get that uh, touchdown or attempt to go for a field goal, which they would have gotten. I don't blame the cost. I mean, and I know you have a different opinion about, you know, about that. You take it as it comes, but unfortunately, that one was like a dagger, and yeah, they were blown out of the water after that point. And those last two scores really were meaningless because, yeah, it was just as you say, you know, a garbage collection stuff that didn't really count. Um, yeah, I think that would be good to have someone else come in, and uh, especially with Alabama looming, which even with someone helping, I, that's almost insurmountable for them to win. But at least it might look a little more respectable if they have someone else, you know, managing things, especially for that game, <laughs> you know, and that's in yeah. that's in Alabama. So that's going to be that, you know, yeah. They don't need another embarrassment. And it's up to the alumni's pocket speak. And I don't know, you know, I mean, it seems like they probably will be speaking now that this needs to happen much sooner than when he's supposed to be out. So. I think,
2: yeah, I, I think that I, I, think, I, I think that there's. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the phone call, Ben and Homer. Uh, I think that sure.
9: mm-hmm.
2: that Scott Woodward and the administration's probably talking tonight and going, "Did do we need to pivot a little bit from Coach O and just go ahead and end it now?" Because right now, I mean, I, heck, let Greg McMahon, the special teams coordinator uh, be the interim coach. I don't know. Let anybody be the interim coach. I think anybody but Coach O right now, the players would welcome. The players would welcome that. It's almost anybody but O is how they feel. That's at least the projection. I can't tell you exactly how they feel. I can tell you what their body language tells me, their effort tells me. Is there? They have no interest in playing for that guy. They want him gone. They won last week in spite of him, not for him. Ben, thanks for the phone call. Big K on the West Bank. Go ahead, Big K. You're on WWL.
8: Hey, what's up, Christian?
2: How you doing, man? Boy, well, you got a voice like a big guy.
5: Yeah, I'm pretty big. Well, if you
4: play linebacker for oh, LSU, and would make a difference right now. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man.
8: Look, I'm kind of piggybacking on what you guys were just talking about. I think Coach O just needs to just look at himself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm out. I got to go.
4: Whatever I'm going to lose from this, from leaving, then I deserve it, okay? At this point, just let him get out and go.
8: And oh, I want you to answer this question for me. How much would it cost him to leave right now? Just get out and have somebody to intern right now and trying to turn this organization around just a little bit. And, uh, you know,
2: I, Big K, I'm not dodging your question. I don't have his contract or the buyout details in front of me at this very second, and it doesn't spell out what if he were to resign um, in, in in that buyout termination agreement. I'm just pulling it up. I had it on my desktop, and I, I'd have to really, last week when I got my hands on it, I paid attention to when the payouts are coming, when he's getting, how he's getting the buyouts, and how often, et cetera. I didn't read too much of the language about, um, the details so basically um, termination of employment in the contract says employees employment and companies engage, uh, engagement under the 2020 employment agreement shall terminate on the effective day and an employee will be compensated for the current month under the 2020 employ- employment agree- agreement prorated to the effective date so it doesn't say anything about if he were to resign um, you know I, I'm not sure I think I just think that he he would still get his seventeen million dollars. I think the motivation, big K. I think the motivation was to, hey, we don't have to fire him and have a replacement from his staff be elevated to the interim coach. Keep him around. He's already been an interim coach before. He's been a head coach before. But they didn't. I don't think they understood the pulse of this team and didn't talk to the players about how they might be potentially unhappy. With this coach and this and this coaching staff.
4: But well, Christian, at this point, he's doing more damage than he's doing good. Correct? I agree. I agree with you. Why hang around? I mean, why hang around if you're doing more damage than good at this point? 17 million, million reasons to hang call.
2: around. Can't Thanks for the, the call, call, man. You bet. 17 million reasons, potentially, to hang around. Because if if you leave... Now, you might not get that money. Wayne in River Ridge, you're on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk.
7: <laughs>
2: Wayne, go ahead. You're on WWL. Wayne, can you hear me? Turn off your radio, Wayne. We'll put you on hold, come back to you. Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504 260 I want to get to a couple of text messages. Um Let's see. How do you know the players don't want to play for Bebe, Christian? It's just bad coordinator and position coaching. This one from the 504. Well, are you watching the same game I'm watching? It's clear. they are guys that are literally taking plays off. You can see it. That's always a sign that they don't want to play for that guy. In the NFL, it's a sign that I'm lazy. In the NFL, they just cut you. Scholarship athletes. Now, next year, the incoming coach might see that and make an example out of them. But it's clear that they don't want to play for them by their effort. If they, if they were playing harder and you could tell that they were putting in max effort, and I'm not talking across the board. You got to look closely. Just look closely at players. Watch them. You'll see who's taking plays off, who's interested, who's not. Just play, pay close attention. You can see it. It's very obvious. Another one here says, I like Woodward, but who fires a guy and lets him stay on their job? That was not a good move. That helps nothing. That one from the 504, I completely agree. I was perplexed when, when they did it last week. When they announced the move, we're going to fire him, but keep him aboard. Until the end of the season, uh, I think the administration, Scott Woodward, made a mistake, and they missed they didn't They don't have the pulse of this program and their players. I understand why they might think, okay we'll, we'll keep him on. we don't have to elevate an interim guy because there's nobody that has the experience of being an interim guy or being a head coach at the collegiate level. It's clear, the coaches don't don't really like them, and the players don't like them. It's sad, it's sad to think about, it's sad to say, but it's true. Our Oakland Heart jewelers talk text open at Texas at 5042601870. weigh in on what you saw, weigh in on what you think the the current situation is. weigh in on the future of this LSU football program. Now, I'm painting a pretty doom and gloom present and I'll admit that because it is. It is doom and gloom. The future, I think, is bright, has the potential to be bright, because I think Scott Woodward is going to find the right guy. And I I think to a degree, since he arrived at LSU, because he inherited Coach O, he recognizes this is his signature moment. This is his opportunity to hit a grand slam and hire a guy that could end up coaching at LSU for the next 15 to 20 years and win multiple national championships his legacy is now on the line. This is the Purple and Gold Point After here on WWLAMFMN.com. Back here on the Purple and Gold Point After on this Saturday night. Good to have you aboard. Thanks for tuning in. Had a lot of great interaction tonight on the text lines and on our phone lines. Our Oakenheart Jewelers talk and text lines at 504-260-1870. Ben and Homa, uh, actually, I'm sorry, Wayne in River Ridge. Go ahead, Wayne. You're on
10: WWL. Hey Christian, man, thanks for taking my call. Uh Sure thing. man. It, it, you know, it just uh it, it just looks like man, you just out-athleted, you know? And I know the coach he's supposed to develop the players and recruit the players, but at some point in time uh in the last you know, this year it looks like uh LSU just out-athleted where the the when they play in the quality teams, uh they just don't match up and I don't know. You know, a lot of these schools now. You know, you have the athletes who, if it doesn't look like the season is is going great, um, they opt out of playing, uh, whether they you know injured or whatnot, because they know they go to the NFL. But I just want to get your thoughts on on, on that.
2: Well, Wayne, it's the uh, it's the path that we've created, and what I mean by we is college football. You know, uh, I think we've given in to, a little bit to this. Transfer portal um, of temper tantrums. So I didn't get my way. I didn't win the job, so I'm going to leave. Now LSU was a benefactor of that, and has been, and in in the future will be. But I also think that the we you know these players. I don't fault them. And hear me out. Let me be clear, Wayne. I don't fault them for if they want to skip, their opt out or a few games into the season decide I'm not playing anymore this year I'm going to focus on getting myself ready for the NFL draft because quite a few of them this is their only shot at making big time money to change the the direction and the course for their family and think about that from your perspective Wayne if you were 21 years old and you knew you were stand to make you know stand to make 20 million dollars 18 million dollars and can completely overnight change the, the the course of your family and provide a different style of life for your kids, your future kids, or your current kids, or your mom and dad that raised you with next to nothing, and you could change that, well, I'm not going to put that at risk. I understand that. I understand those decisions. And they're sore and they're hard to think about because – there's the idea that those players need to stay committed to the program. They got a scholarship, et cetera. Well, that's all well and good, but they also performed when needed to perform. Now they have to start to look at when they can flip the script and turn it around to their benefit. And at that point, it's their benefit to look out for their what? future. I mean, I'm yeah, not going you know, to listen. It's just like owning your own business. Hold on, Wayne, please. It's just like owning your own business. When you can work for yourself, when you are the boss, when you're your own boss, that's a, that, that's a good path to independence, uh, financial independence. Um, if if you're not working for yourself and you're working for somebody else, you're doing a good job of making somebody else filthy rich. And at that point, that moment, they're going to look at that at that decision and say, "I'm doing what's best for me at this present moment for my brand," and I don't have a problem with it.
10: Well, Christian, let me just let me just comment back on that um you know it's a team sport and without the guys who are blocking for you or you know playing on defense or whatever the case may be that you know without them you know it's not all about you Uh, it's not an individual sport and i understand what you're saying but uh you know at the same time a lot of those guys they're not going to the nfl and their college experience, whether it's a bowl game where guys opt out, that's their Super Bowl. That's, that's as good as it's going to get for them. And for a guy who, you know, whether he was a he's a running back and his offensive line blocked for him all year. And he decides he's opting out. I just think that's a little bit tough for, uh, for that guy who's not going to the NFL to have to accept that without him, he's not going anywhere. And, uh, I I would hope you would understand and agree with that philosophy.
2: Well, I think that uh the team sport notion is very good for the youth football team, for the high school team, but once you're in a in a position to where you know you're of the elite, you're in the 1% that can go make millions of dollars playing a kids game, the team stuff goes out the window. It's fairy dust. I'm just being honest you with you, Wayne.
10: Oh, I, I, and I, I, look, I, I, respect I
2: understand I respect the team that. concept. I understand the team concept. And for me, when you're one of these elite athletes, being a good teammate is enjoying seeing everybody have success on your team. But when it comes to touching my money, no, 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 no. I'm not going to sacrifice my potential earnings for somebody else to try to feel like they can but, go out on their college career high, even though they're not playing in the league, I'm going to do it for them. That's a lot to
10: ask. Well, and I'm going to go back to the old adage, there's no I in team.
2: No, but there is the collegiate level and the in the pro level. Like it or not, we can come up with all these fancy acronyms and all this other stuff, that, these cliches, but this, at this level, at the highest level of college football, which in the SEC is the farm system of the NFL, at that level... Agreed. You you then have to start thinking about you, I, me. Wow! You start. You have wow. to. You have to. Wow! That's. I know. I know. Right. I, I'm not saying like you the, look. College football. We've seen it. Come on. I'm not telling you anything new here, Wayne. College football has drastically changed in the last decade, and insignificantly changed in the last 20 years. Completely different. It is much more of a business today. Than it ever has been, and I think that's the landscape. That's just the landscape. Well, it, the, Wayne, it, Wayne, I, Wayne, you and I, you and I, probably grew up in the same. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Sixty-one. Okay. Well, you, so you're, you're, you're closer to my dad's age, but my, my point is that you grew up in and, and that generation. And I'm not trying to point point say that it's a bad thing. I love my father. I think my, my father's oh, great. No, I think that age is great. I think I think, I think think 60 is, is still vibrant and very young. 61 is still vibrant and very young. My dad's 67. My, let me get back to my point. You and I, because your generation helped raise my generation, and together we grew up on the whole team concept, right? They're not growing up on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. If you Absolutely. look at social media, you look at everything about – it's changed. The climate has just changed. Whether it's whether you like it or not, it's changed.
10: Well, I guess I just feel sorry for the for the young men who play and give all their all. You know, if you go back, you know, to the to the movie Rudy, you know, a, a kid that went out there and he busted his butt, you know, just to be part of a team. And there's so many young guys now who aren't going to go to the NFL and. When they come to a bowl game, as we've seen, you know, where these players opt out for no reason, no reason, other than they know they're going to the NFL. But for these kids who gave blood, sweat, and tears all year long and these kids opt out, I just don't think it's fair to the ones who gave and made them during their college career the players that they they are. Because Wayne. if you're a running back and nobody's blocking for you, if you're a quarterback and nobody's blocking for you, you know, if and and you can just you know go through the run the gambit on that, uh, Wayne, it's it's Wayne. it's it just disappoints me, Christian. That's all. I understand
2: that. I I, I can understand where okay. it would disappoint you, but a part yeah. of it, Wayne, is I, and the only reason why I understand it, it's because I've covered it. Right. I've seen it. I understand. So, yeah. And, and, I, and I understand having talked to a lot of these players, both in college and pros, why they do some of the things they do. I was the same way before I, I started working in sports media. I thought pro football players were overpaid uh, babies, to be quite frank with you. And I, I learned quickly they were they're not. I understand about market value and and what what that means and business decisions. I never understood that when I was just a casual fan. But I understand it, having seen how, well, uh, organizations make business decisions, you know, NFL make business decisions, teams make those decisions based on performance. Well, the player has a right to hold the team accountable, too, especially when it comes to a contract.
7: You, let me, so, wait, yeah, in, a, in, a utopic
2: world, in a utopic world, Wayne, yes, it would be nice to see these players that are going to go to the NFL, stick around and help their team win a bowl game. But if that, if that yeah. doesn't benefit their best interest, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. I appreciate the nobility of
10: that. Let me just, yeah, one more, one more comment. Quickly, I got to run,
2: Wayne. I got to run soon.
10: College, but wasn't a a college scholarship basically? You know, it was you couldn't afford to go to college, so in exchange, you were going to play this sport in exchange for an education.
2: Yeah, in in the forties and fifties. Yeah. It changed because of how popular college football. Wayne, i got to run, man. I'm sorry. Doug, if you're too old. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Have a good Saturday night. Over time, college football, the popularity has exploded, and the value of that scholarship is not as valuable as playing in the NFL for most kids, or excuse me, for some kids. This is the Purple and Gold Point After here on WWL. All right, wrapping up the show, the Purple and Gold Point After. Before I push out of here, I want to thank Doug Christensen uh, back at Master Control. Thank you so much for your efforts, Doug. Great job. I also want to thank our operations and brand manager and executive producer, Diane Newman. And the listeners, the passionate LSU fans that have called in tonight, texted in tonight, about their concern for the present state of LSU football along with the future of LSU football one of the biggest things that I take away from today is that coach O is clearly the distraction to this football team and he needs to resign if he's not going to get his money he's not going to resign if you think about what these players did this week and that is via social media have to defend reports about their head coach and his behavior off the field or having girlfriends at practice, participating in drills with players. That's a distraction when players have to defend their head coach via social media. And quite frankly, the administration ignored it and let the players do their dirty work. It was something I said in the beginning of the show, and I stand by that because that's what happened. The administration failed in the aftermath of this agreement to mutually part ways with Coach Ed Ogeron. When players have to defend or refute reports in the media, that's not their job. That's not what they're there for. That's a PR issue. That's that's a university issue, an administration issue, a coach issue. Not the players. It's not their duties to defend or tell people what they've seen or not seen at an LSU practice in public. It's not their job. They shouldn't have to do that. But that's why Coach O, I contend, is the biggest distraction on this team. And he's been allowed to stick around through some agreement. It's time for the administration to revisit that thought and that agreement. These players don't trust him, don't want to play for him, and it's painfully obvious. Painfully obvious. All right, that's a wrap for the Purple and Gold Point. After everybody, have a safe Saturday night. I'm Christian Garrick, Simplify.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.